Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour. Taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern. That's when you can hear the show weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern for one hour. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and hit subscribe. It's usually uploaded right after the show ends, but I will say that the show will have a new time beginning next week. As beginning Monday, we will be on 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern live on weekdays, and Dr. Rota will join me for the first hour or so. Take note of that. Next week, January 21st, Monday, the show will begin at 2 p.m. Eastern for two hours, and I'll be joined by Dr. Roto for the first hour. So it should be a lot of fun. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and you can find all my work at scoutfantasysports.com. We are getting you ready for the baseball season. I know it's cold out here, and there's some snow projected on the East Coast, and there's been a lot of talk about the cold temperatures in Kansas City. But before you know it, baseball will be here as spring training. It's about a month away, and the season begins a little bit earlier this year, March 20th in Japan. So uh, we are getting you set. Tons of articles. My latest is a look at Andrew McCutcheon. And I think people might not want McCutcheon this year. And I lay out some reasons why you might want him, or maybe you don't. But check it out, because we all know McCutcheon's coming off one of his worst years in a while. His lowest batting average runs scored, but he was in San Francisco for most of the season before going to the Yankees. And we know that is one of the worst hitters' parks, especially for home runs last year. The Oracle Park in San Francisco was second from the bottom in home runs. Meanwhile, Citizens Bank in Philadelphia was fourth, and especially it's a boost for right-handed power. But is McCutcheon on the decline? This was a guy that went in the first round several years ago, and his ADP right now is very late. I think it was 145, 146 on Fantrax.com. So find out if he is a value or if he should pass. Read it on ScoutFantasySports.com. Of course, Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He is churning out his team outlooks, and these are gold. I mean, they're just worth the price of admission alone just to become a member. And if you don't believe me, check out the two free samples, the Red Sox and Orioles. You can read those for free, and then you're going to be like, wow, this is valuable information. There's no way you can't learn something, at least a few things, from reading the outlook. So, then join and become a member and get all of them. we got the Cleveland Indians are up, the White Sox, as well as the AL East. So day by day, they're coming out. I also have a ton of articles looking at Daniel Murphy's uh, move to the Rockies, Nelson Cruz to the Twins, Grandal to the Brewers, Dozier to the Nationals, uh, 
Jesus Aguiar was his breakout last year for real. Also taking a look at the trade of Yasiel Puig to the Reds. What does it do for his fantasy value? So tons of content, and it's only going to improve. It's only going to get better. Obviously, a lot of us here have done very well in baseball, so we got you prepared. Of course, uh, ScoutDFS.com as well. We got you covered. NHL, NFL, as we have the two-game slate this weekend. Uh, we're winding down at NFL DFS, but still we got a two-game slate this weekend. Both games projected to be high-scoring. Uh, we're going to go over those in detail coming up in the next two segments with Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. He'll join me around 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Uh, maybe look at some player props as well. So that is a, a good tool to use there at ScoutDFS, optimizers for each sport, and, of course, the Slack chat. I was just in there for the NBA leading up until tip-off. We'll answer your questions. And, you know, NBA DFS sometimes can be frustrating. And I know it's a turnoff for some people. And I always am trying to get people to play it because it's a lot of fun. It really makes the games exciting. You know, you are you have a sweat down the stretch as you're watching the, the late games, if you can. But uh, there's a frustrating part to it. And I think today is a little bit of an example. So... It's a five-game slate today. The Knicks and Wizards played this afternoon in London, and the Wizards won the game as uh, Bryant scored. Uh, it was a goaltend. They reviewed it, so the Wizards won by one this afternoon. So it's a five-game slate, and Thursdays are usually pretty light. Sometimes it's three, four games. You got the two TNT games, but five games this week. But we found out earlier today we had some news on Toronto, and we know Kawhi Leonard has not been playing in the back-to-back, -back, so they ruled him out. That was expected. But they also said Kyle Lowry was not going to play due to rest. So, of course, everyone starts building their lineups with Fred Van Fleet, you know, Baca, Siakam, maybe Norman Powell. And all of a sudden, we find out around, I don't know, 5, 5, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time that Lowry was going to play. So it just changed everything. It changed the slate, and it's another reason why you know, don't set your lineup early. I know a lot of people like to set their lineup earlier in the day. And I'll just put in a loose shell, you know, especially if you know a contest is going to fill up early the night before. You can just plug in a lineup and just leave it and make sure you come back and remind yourself. But this is why you just can't set your lineup. It's like a waste of time to do it earlier in the day. I never do it. It's just it's going to change too much. You're spending too much energy. You can look at the salaries and get an idea. Okay, this guy... I like, but don't sit there and spend two hours setting a lineup in the afternoon because it's just not worth it. Too much changes. There's a lot of news that flows and comes out. So today is a perfect example because now once you hear that Lowry news, you're like, oh, no, I got to change things. In fact, you, you probably are going to play Lowry. I know I got him in my lineup. Uh, he was $28 on Yahoo, so that's pretty cheap. So I got him in there. But the point is that so much changes on the slate. And you have to be prepared for it. And it's another reason I've said this for years. If you're going to play NBA DFS, you've got to make sure you have that hour before lineup lock available. Usually it's between 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern. Today, 7 p.m. Eastern, the first game tips off. Obviously, sites like DraftKings and Yahoo have the late swap. So with that, you can be a little bit more you know, liberal. Like uh, I was talking about yesterday where we were waiting on the Damian Lillard news. And, of course, that Lillard news was... Around, I think, I don't know, 9, 9 p.m., about an hour before the game. So, you know, I did make a pivot and actually, you know, left uh, 
several spots available for those late games, did get Lillard in one of the lineups, and he was pretty good. So uh, you got to take advantage of the late swap. But obviously on sites where it locks at tip-off, which is usually 7 p.m. Eastern most days, you know, you got to make uh, those decisions at that time. Uh, and the other sites, you can be a little bit more fluid and leave some things open. But just don't spend so much time early in the day making the lineup because a lot of changes. And, of course, then we were waiting for some other news because Joel Embiid was listed as questionable with a stiff lower back. And, um, you know, he'd be a game-time decision. But then we found out probably around uh, about 20 minutes before lock lock that he was in. So... Uh, in a tournament, I did use and beat tonight because I figured, okay, there's probably a lot of people who do set their lineup and maybe walk away at 6.30, 6.40. I don't think everyone can sit around and wait. Uh, and some people love the lineup and they don't check the news. So because of that, I figured, okay, and seen we saw this recently. There was a game this happened, and he came out in Smash. So I got Embiid in there tonight, figuring he would be low on. Plus, he's cost a lot, so it would take people time to change their lineup. So I did get Embiid in a tournament there tonight uh, going up against the Pacers. So just a lot of things that you have to take into account when you're playing NBA DFS. And uh, some nights it's really frustrating, and other nights it's uh, pretty smooth. But even on a five-game slate, we had some pretty critical news there today that changed the way that you built your lineup. So uh, the key is just to be flexible and make sure you're available. But again, in the end, it's a great DFS sport. Uh, there was a lot of good games last night. I mean, James Harden, who we keep talking about, and every night people are like, all right, Harden's getting too expensive. I got to fade him. And all Harden does is go out there and just put up ridiculous numbers, although the Brooklyn Nets with a great comeback last night in overtime. But once again, Harden is just crushing right now. It's just so difficult to not play him. I mean, he had 58 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Five three-pointers. He scored 30 in a, at least 30 in 17 straight games. It's just insane what he's doing. Consecutive 55-point games. He's averaging 35.4 points. So the only two players to average that many, 35 in the last 50 years, are Jordan and Kobe, man. His last 20 games, he's averaging 41.2 points. And the Rockets attempted an NBA record 73s last night. So it was just insane what Harden is doing right now. And uh, Eric Gordon did return, but was limited in uh, his minutes. But the Nets are a very fun team to watch right now, and they were great. And, of course, you had the Warriors and Pelicans last night, another game high-scoring, 147-140. And the Warriors are going to get back to Marcus Cousins tomorrow. He's going to make his debut, so it's going to be fun to see what that team does. And once again, Anthony Davis late in the game took a hit to the groin. He didn't go to the locker room. But I said this on Twitter the other day, man. I think Anthony Davis, and I, I said it a while, like for several months now, because this goes back to last year. I really think Anthony Davis has some women in the locker room because there's no way someone could be hurt that often. He's consistently taking trips in there for injuries. I think he goes in there. He's got somebody waiting for him. He smashes, and then he comes back to the game, man. I think it's simple as that. It just there's no reason this guy he gets hurt all the time. It's unbelievable, and a lot of times he's come back. But we spend so much money on him in DFS, but he comes through. I mean, yesterday, 30 points, 18 boards, 7 assists, steal, 3 blocks, and a 3. So he's been really productive. But again, I urge everyone, especially since the NFL DFS slate is kind of winding down, 
to try some NBA DFS. It's a lot of fun. Yes, again, it can be stressful at times. You don't have to play every night, you know? And, again, we have the tools to help you out at scoutdfs.com. We got the optimizer. You know, you do some research, read the articles that we got, and just go in there and, you know, put in your core plays, hit optimize, see what it gives you. And, again, with the show moving 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll be able to do a lot more NBA DFS preview for the night, setting you up, giving you some of the picks that we expect to hit. So it's definitely going to change and make things a lot better. But uh, always looking, always like playing NBA DFS and pretty much play every night. Obviously, if there's a night where, especially on the weekend where you go out, you know, you just don't play that night. You know, it's uh, that's the great thing about DFS. You can play when you want. Also, don't forget, we got VegasWhispers.com. If you use the promo code RONAS50, you get 50% off your first month. So they're uh, putting out a bunch of picks, uh, a lot of college basketball yesterday. So they got you covered there. And, of course, they have the free preview for the AFC and NFC Championship games coming up this weekend. So you can check that out. Also, don't forget, there's still one last opportunity to play some postseason fantasy football. It's the Scout Fantasy Sports Playoff Maui Madness. What is it? You play you play pay $25 for one entry or you get five for 100 so you're like, wait a second, the playoffs already started. How can I get in now? Simple. Two highest scores from the playoffs are what count towards the grand prize. And again, it's a trip for four to Hawaii. It's a five-star resort, and all it costs is $25 to get in. Uh, and you get accommodations for six nights, and it's airfare for four anywhere from the continental U.S., and then if you don't win the grand prize, there's some, you know, online championship entries and scout fantasy game credits. So definitely worth a shot for 25 bucks or even 100. I mean, if you spend 100 to get a five pack, look at what the grand prize is if you're able to finish first. So this is how it works. You have a roster of one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, two flex spots, which can be either a running back, receiver, or tight end, one kicker, and one defense special teams. No more than three skilled position players from any one NFL team. So if you want the Patriots, you can get Brady, Edelman, Gronk, and that's it. So it's just three. I don't think anyone's playing Gronk, but then again, that'll be contrarian. I don't think anyone's going to play him. But whatever you decide to do, and the rules are like they always are in the Fantasy Football World Championship. You get PPR. It's one point per 10 yards rushing receiving, one point for 20 yards passing, Six points for a rushing or receiving touchdown and four points for a passing touchdown. So you don't make any moves. So you set your lineup this week, and that's it. So this is your lineup for the conference championship round and the Super Bowl. So uh, you know who are play who's playing, especially if you predict it right and get six players on the two teams that make the Super Bowl with three and three, you're in good shape, especially if they go off this week. So – uh, you know, it is a little bit uh, it makes sense to get in now because your pool is shrunk down. Whereas if you said it before the playoffs and you didn't pick the right teams, you know, a little bit of trouble. So that's the one good thing. Now you said it, you know, who's playing. And especially if you predict the Super Bowl right, uh, you'll be in good shape to get that grand prize. So, again, the two best weeks count towards the final high score. So you can have a brand new team. Maybe you entered and your team you know, crap the bet and you don't like it, no problem. Get in there today and set a new lineup. So, again, the deadline is the beginning of the conference championship round. 
So that is Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you get in there today and take advantage of this uh, before it's too late because we all love playing fantasy. And obviously with the playoffs winding down, not many more opportunities. So make sure you get in there today. Quick football news, Spencer Ware, uh, he put in a full practice today, so it looks like he's finally going to play. He's been limited in practice for the past several weeks, but I don't think this hurts Damian Williams. Williams has been really good. They extended his contract for two years, so uh, I think he's in play this week. But we're going to get all the details. We'll talk to Steve Renner coming up and see what he thinks about Damian Williams this week. Uh, also, Leonard Fournette. Uh, he had a meeting with the Jacksonville Jags last week, and Jags coach Doug Marone said he's in a really good place, that they had a good meeting. Uh, his stock's going to be down next year, though. They did have a lot of injuries in the offensive line, but a uh, recent mock draft I did, I think he went in the fourth round of a 12-team league. So a lot of people soured him since he burned a lot of people this year. Uh, so that's that's something to to keep in mind. and. You know, maybe you believe he's going to bounce back, uh, but that was a terrible season for Jackson. And really, a lot of injuries on the offensive line played a factor. And, of course, the injury factor for Fournette is always in play. When we return, it's time to take a look at the DFS slate for the weekend. Only two games, but plenty of good options. And we also have some player props that we might take a look at. It's ahead with Steve Renner, Scout DFS, next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. We're getting you ready to dominate your fantasy baseball drafts. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. The AL East is done. He's working on the AL Central. I have player profiles up looking at some of the players changing teams and what it means for their fantasy value like Nelson Cruz, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, the trade of Yasiel Puig and Jesus Aguiar. Is his breakout last year for real, or is it a fluke? You can check all of those articles out today uh, and become a member. And, of course, ScoutDFS.com, where Steve Renner is there. And, Steve, what's up? What's going on, Adam? How are we doing? Uh, so let us know what's going on at ScoutDFS right now. We are we're on a roll right now. I mean, you might be seeing the screenshots out there. People are winning in NBA every night. I've won back to back nights on DraftKings, winning the hundred dollars single entry in hockey. So my personal hockey streak is is on fire as well. Um, so between myself and Rob Garriak, and I tell you, the, the, I'm really proud this year. The one thing we've done is our community on Slack has has really grown, and every night. Uh, and they're leading up to lock, um, in addition to all the articles and, and the data from the optimizers. Really good community, and they're passing back and forth information. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of the things that kind of goes under-mentioned, I think, a lot within DFS is the community aspect, but I'm really proud of what we got going on there. And how was the trip 
to New Orleans last week. I know you were at the game and uh, the result went in your favor. What was the experience like? It was great. Um, you know, as you can imagine, the atmosphere leading up to it was, was great in around the city. Not as many Eagles fans as I was expecting, to be honest with you. Uh, there, you know, New Orleans is always a destination town. People will, I think, travel there more than other spots. And um, I was expecting a lot to see a lot more Eagles fans than we did see, uh, which was uh, good, certainly for the Saints. And, and this week, I don't think there will be a single Rams fan there, just given, you know, their, their history being between two different cities. But it's so good, Adam, that I'm going back again this week. Uh, I'm going to the championship game. I was at the last one when they played the Vikings uh, nine years ago, and I'm I'm eagerly anticipating a good game this week. How loud is it in there? Everyone says that it's ridiculous. How is it being in there? Oh, it's loud. Uh, I might be a little bit used to it now, but it is definitely loud. I, I think that, you know, I heard one someone say previously that it played there talked about if you embrace the the noise, it's a little bit better. But if if you're not used to it, it can really phase you. And I, you know, I go back to that game against the Vikings years ago, and if you recall, you know, Percy Harvin, who always had the headaches and everything, and they were trying to wear earplugs and things like that, and got in their head, it really messes them up. So, yeah, it, it gets loud, um, and you feel exhausted after the game, but uh, there's plenty of fluids around town to, to refresh with. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I visited there once. It's definitely a fun town. Food was great, so yeah, that, that yep. definitely was a great experience. Were you ever at all concerned? I mean, that was a tough start there. I'm sitting there, I'm like, please, this cannot happen again. As a Cowboys fan, I didn't want to see the Eagles advance, and I had picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, and I couldn't believe the start. I'm like, really? Already? An interception? I had Ted Ginn to score a touchdown in the game, you know, put some money on that, and yeah. Ginn was open, and Breeze didn't get it to him, so I'm like, great. And it's 14 nothing. All of a sudden, uh, was there ever any concern? The concern was that they kept, they kept shooting themselves in the foot. You know, it wasn't the, the fact that the Eagles scored in the first two drives wasn't that concerning. Um, Saints usually give up points early, but, you know, the, the fact that the Saints, you know, you had their early turnover, you struggled on the first couple of possessions, and they just had a ton of just undisciplined penalties. And, I, you know, the, the hand injury to Andrews Pete, which is going to be a big factor again this week, you could tell, you know, me being there personally watching the game, I was looking to see whenever Fletcher Cox went off the field. Because when he did, I'm like, okay, the Saints have to strike now. But it was clear that, that Cox knew how to attack Pete in that broken hand. And it was a problem. And Pete, you know, had a bunch of false starts trying to compensate for it. So, once they got past a couple of those mistakes, you got that first touchdown, it seemed to settle in. And I think, you know, getting the, the field goal right before the half to make it 14-10, to 10, by the time we got to that point, it, it felt like the Saints had control of the game. Yes, and uh, I don't know, did you see that video where it seemed like they knew that Fletcher Cox was taking off plays on the punt, and that's why they ran yeah. the fake punt? That was, that was real interesting. Yeah. It was, and it was a great video to show how the week before – he took off, um, you know, and he just went into relax mode against the Bears. And that, that's great scouting. And it was, you know, I was giving credit to the Eagles during the game because I'm like, okay, they pick up on something here because, you know, it's fascinating to watch. I'm like, all right, run away from Fletcher Cox. And they run away from Fletcher Cox, and then you hear the, the loudspeaker come on, and they say tackle made by Fletcher Cox. And you're like, well, they couldn't get away from him. But on the, on the, on the fake punt, they took advantage of it, and that was a huge play in the game. 
Talking to Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com, as we look ahead to the slate this weekend, and of course, only two games with the conference championships, and we can go a little in depth here. Let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, on DK, Patrick Mahomes is 6,600, and I think a lot of people will be like, well, it's the Patriots and Belichick, but we've already seen him play against this team in New England. He had a good game. He had 352, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, two interceptions, 31.9 DK points that week. Now he's at home, uh, is and that salary, I think, is probably as cheap as we've seen Mahomes in quite a bit. Well, you know, in, in all the weeks we talked, there weren't many weeks when I felt that I had to go get Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of it was because, not so much his price, but just because a quarterback, there were always cheaper options that allowed us to build elsewhere. But you hit it on the head. He, he's cheap this week, and because it's only two games, without a doubt, his ceiling is hard to pass up. And the one thing that I really like about Mahomes this week is we saw last week he had that has that rushing ability to rush one in. And with only four quarterbacks going and the other three really not being running quarterbacks at, at all, um, especially in the case of Brady, right, it's that rushing upside that he brings really separates him. Do I think he's going to get 315 and four touchdowns again? No. I, I think that this game plan is for New England to come out do ball control, get a lot of first downs, chew up the clock as much as they can. But the, the two quarterbacks that I've circled as, as really being in on this week are, are going to be Mahomes because he has, in my opinion, the most upside, um, and then Drew Brees just because Brees at home again. We saw he carved up this, this Rams secondary, even though Tlaib is going to play this week. I don't think it matters too much. For me, it's it's those two guys. I don't want to get cute with Brady and, you know, golf. Certainly game flow could go in his favor, but – yeah, Mahomes, 6,600, that, that's not a tough price, and you can certainly fit him in this week. And I, I like the rushing upside that he has. Any concern that all of a sudden, you know, the experience of New England kicks in, and this is a big game, and I think people were doubting New England a little bit last week, and we saw how they came out. Is there any concern that maybe Mahomes gets flustered a little bit in this game? There is. And, I mean, so truthfully, Breeze is one for me. Mahomes is two. Um but and I, I'm I'm picking New England to win, uh, which I feel like I'm a little bit in the minority on that because everyone sees them going on the road and they they think that it's the Chiefs' year. But I think New England's going to have a great game plan, like I said, where they're going to chew up a lot of clock, which that does hinder Mahomes. But to the same point, we've seen him take them down the field very quickly, and with with both Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, who I like as well this week, he's got guys that can deliver big plays to where he can still get his value. So I don't think that even though, yeah, the Patriots will probably come out, in my opinion, have a very good game plan to to slow him down, I don't think their game plan is necessarily with their defense as much as it is winning the game with their offense. And I think Mahomes will still find a way to to have a couple big drives in this game to, to get you good value. But, yeah, Breeze in, in the game, and I think this is going to be common for most people, right? They're going to look at it and say, well, one game is in a dome, and the other game is in frigid 5 to 10 degree temperatures. So most people are going to stack the game early in the NFC side. Um, and, and that makes sense, right? So you got to like Breeze and, and to some degree golf um, to, to hit their value this week. But I wouldn't shy away from Mahomes completely if you're doing more than one lineup. You know, the weather has kind of shifted. Uh, right now it looks like it's going to be a high of 29 on Sunday in Kansas City with a low of 21. And it doesn't look to be much precipitation. And I think people do this all the time. 
they overreact mm-hmm. early in the week. A forecast comes out, and I'm like, every time I'm like, just wait. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, five days in advance, uh, things can quickly change. I mean, even the day before, I want to wait. There's how many times have we had scares this year? Oh, it's going to be 40 mile per hour winds. Game time comes, it's fine. I agree, and you know the the Saints defense in particular has not given up any second-half points over the last, like, eight to nine games. In fact, the last time that they did it, it was, ironically, against the Rams. And I'll give you a little nugget here. The Patriots, I was looking back at their old games when they have gone on the road in the playoffs, and the conference championship game that they won in 2004 against Pittsburgh when it was against the uh, AFC, or actually the Offensive play Rookie of the Year in Ben Roethlisberger, was, I think, a temperature of 11 degrees with a wind chill of negative one, and the final score in that game, 41 to 27. Now, you had a couple, you know, you had a big run. Uh, I, uh, one of the, I think the Umbranch had one, a couple other trick plays and whatnot. But, yeah, you just go back in history and look and see. There have been games in really cold, bad weather uh, spots that still have a ton of offense in them. So, you know, I agree the common approach is going to be, oh, there's points in the early games, shot away from the late one. I don't think that that's necessarily an on an automatic. It's probably the most common sense approach, but it's not a guarantee. Jared Goff is the cheapest of the four quarterbacks, 5,400 on DK. He obviously didn't have to do much because they ran all over Dallas. He only had 28 pass attempts, 15 completions. Could you see him having a big game and finishing as the number one quarterback this week? The only way he finishes with the number one quarterback, in my opinion, is if the Saints' touchdowns come on the ground. Because I think the only way that golf gets the yardage like he got last time in this matchup is if the Saints jump out early and heavy. Um, and, and then he has to throw a lot, and he certainly has two really good receivers that he can do that with. I'm not as high on, on Reynolds, but um, we know he'll, be, he'll get used a lot as well. I think that the Rams have to give Todd Gurley the ball 25 times. And I know the Saints are very good against the run. They did just lose Shelton Rankins, with, which is a, a big loss, although they do have depth on the defensive line. But to me, if they come out and they try to go slow with C.J. Anderson and then you know sprinkle it around with end rounds to the receivers, I think that they're just going to be in a bad situation. I would, I would get it to Gurley. Um, certainly as, as a running back, but I would throw the ball to Gurley as well. And I think that the Rams have to come out aggressive on, on the Saints and then try to put up points early. If they slow it down, they're going to fall behind. And then, yeah, Goff could, could get his production. But to me, I just I don't see Goff scoring a ton of points without Breeze scoring a ton of points. And the two that I'd be the one of the, of the two, the one I would trust more is definitely going to be Drew Breeze. Talking to Steve Renner, you can find him at scoutdfs.com. Looking at the slate for the weekend. At the running back position, Gurley is the most expensive, 7500 Sounds like you're not going to pay up for him. Is that right? No, I will pay for him. Oh, you will? Okay. It's not that much. And you just as we go through here and we look at some of the other high-priced guys, I can fit Gurley in. I can fit Kamara in this week, and, and it's not as difficult. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of the running backs, one I think you're going to ask me on a second, that might be popular that I'm going to stay away from. So I look at Gurley, and just because I look at the matchup and say he has to get the ball over 20 times, and even if he's only getting three to four yards, um, you know, per touch on the ground, 
At 500, if he gets in the box once, which he did last time they played, he's going to get you good value. He's not going to kill you. So I don't see any reason to not play Gurley this week. I know some people might look at C.J. Anderson, and he's someone that I am 100% fade this week. I don't want any love for him. I think he was very specific against the Cowboys. And to me, C.J. Anderson is a a mistake if if the Rams rely on him heavy this week. So, yeah, Gurley – I have to have, and then in the same game, Alvin Kamara, only 6,500 in both games against the Rams, the one last year and this year, which had completely different game flows to them. He's gone over 150 yards combined in them. He scored five total touchdowns in the two matchups. Uh, certainly the game last year, the Saints were behind, and he, he had to score late when they were passing. But Alvin Kamara is my version of Michael Thomas this week. Thomas was my must own last week, I said. The winning lineup will have Thomas. I was shocked he was only 30% owned on the four-game slate, and he he came through big. Kamara, to me, is the must-own this week. I think he's the wild card that um, is going to get it done for New Orleans. So I'm starting with those two at running back this week. Yeah, I was surprised at Thomas's ownership last week, too. Did people forget how bad that Philadelphia secondary has been? I know against the Bears they didn't do much, but in the second half you started to see them exploited with Allen Robinson having a big game. Thomas obviously gets huge volume. I, I was stunned he was that low on too. Yeah, I was shocked. In fact, I didn't see the ownership um, until well after the game late Sunday night. And, you know, I thought because I had Marlon Mack and I, um, you know, I didn't have a great start necessarily. And I pulled up my account and thought, wow, I, I cashed everywhere off of this. And it was because of Thomas, right? He put up almost 40 points at, at low ownership. And that was, that was shocking to me. Uh, Damian Williams, third most expensive back. He's 6,400. He had 30 touches last week and came through. He was, I thought he was, I think we talked about it last week that he was just way too cheap. I used him everywhere. I mean, he was 5,100 on DK last week. Uh, this week, it's gone up a little bit. Well, it's gone up quite a bit. But again, it's the, the whole context of the slate. Is Williams in play for you this week? No. And it, it pains me to say that because actually in a playoff league, I have him at, at a multiplier of 3x this week, which he's carrying me, but I don't. Here's the thing. I, I'm i going to have Kamara, and I'm going to have Gurley, and I broke down why on those two guys. And then, I, and then I look at James White for New England, who to me is really their second-best wide receiver. And just the PPR volume that I can trust that White is going to get. I know some people may look at Sonny Michelle as well, but I'll always take a pass catching back um, in a tournament when I can. And I, I go Kamara, Gurley, White – I'm, I don't have a reason to not play one of those or all three of those guys. And given that I'm, I'm viewing the game flow as New England winning the time of possession, controlling the ball, when Kansas City does get it, I think it's going to be Mahomes who's going to have to do it through the air and, and not with Damian Williams on the ground. So to me, I think Williams is, a, is the guy that I'm looking at where I'm going to fade him this week, even though he'll probably be popular because I don't think he beats out Kamara. He doesn't beat out Gurley, and he doesn't beat out White, in my opinion. Those three are above everyone else for me this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the ownership is. I would think you're right. I think a lot of people will be on Williams coming off the big game last week and the explosive nature of the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, that, and you're also, you know, White will probably be down a little bit because people will want to play Sony Michelle, and nobody likes to roster two running backs from the same team. Um, that is one way to get a little bit different on the short two-game slate, but – you know, I think that also helps with White. And you know, to me, look, if the Chiefs do come out and they get up, uh, they get up big early, that's even going to feed into James White even more. So, no Williams for me. 
Lots more ahead. I'm joined by Steve Werner, ScoutDFS.com. We'll take a look at the wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses for the weekend. And if time, we'll go over some player props as well. It's all ahead. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. We'll get you prepped for the baseball season. In-depth team previews from Sean Childs, and I have a ton of articles up looking at players changing teams, what it means for their fantasy value. ScoutDFS.com, we got you covered for NFL, NBA, NHL, including optimizers and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. At the game, just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right. $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And if you need help with trying to figure out what to bet on, head on over to VegasWhispers.com. They'll help you out as uh, they have a preview, a free preview of the conference championships this weekend. And once you become a member, they'll tweet out the picks, and you can set up alerts on your phone to get them sent to you as soon as they are released. Use the promo code RONUS50, get 50% off your first month. Joined by Steve Renner. You can find him at scoutdfs.com as we look at the slate for the weekend. Uh, let's take a look at wide receiver. Uh, Michael Thomas exploded last week. He said he was the guy to own. He's up to 8,200 on DK. Can he come close to what he did last week? Is he a good play? Yeah, and I, I detailed in my article last week that if you look at all of the close games that the Saints have had, uh, Michael Thomas has pushed close to double-digit receptions and well over 100 yards. So uh, certainly this game for, projects to be a close one. And look, if it's if it's not close, then I would think that the Saints did a lot of damage on, on the Rams, and he's, he's going to find a way to be involved. Um, because I like Kamara so much, I'm not as, as high on Thomas this week. Uh, but I think as, as you build your lineups, you know, if, if I were to tell you Kamara is your lock, you're then going to have two of, in my opinion, Gurley, Thomas, and Travis Kelsey. 
if, if you're spending up. And to me, I would rank Thomas, uh, honestly, right right behind Gurley or right with Gurley this week, I should say, evenly. So he's the number one receiver. Um, no reason he doesn't get 20, but I wouldn't expect necessarily the, the same dominant performance that he had last week because he will get the t- uh, key to lead, which should limit him a little bit more. But that just opens it up for the rest of the Saints passing game. Tyreek Hill is 7,700 on DK. Last time he faced New England, he went off. Seven for 142 and three touchdowns. Do you like Tyreek Hill this week? I like Hill a little bit more than Kelsey, believe it or not. Um, But I don't love him. And for me, Tyreek Hill, if you want to get creative, you could could pair him with uh, the Chiefs defense. Uh, and try to get that special teams double down, which look on a, a short plate like this, we got to get creative. But the one thing, Adam, is this week it, it's a little bit of the roster construction at wide receiver. Uh, so because I like Thomas in, in a game that I, I do think will have more points, um, you, you're going to have to take a shot on one of these crazy receivers. And what I mean by that is if you were to go put in a showdown slate lineup and you go through, you're going to have to pick someone in there that's a little crazy, if you will. Well, take that player and then put him in your main lineup this week. And a couple names that I'll throw at you in, in this game, one of which is, is Sammy Watkins. So maybe that's not the most crazy name, but at $4,000, I really think that Sammy Watkins has great value. And, and so it becomes a roster construction where I can get Watkins in at, at 4K. That allows me to get a Thomas. That allows me to get the running backs I like. And I could probably get Kelsey in even if I go down cheap at another receiver spot. So, because of that and the savings that I'm getting, I like a Watkins versus a Hill. Uh, you could do the same thing with Thomas, looking at like a Traquan Smith. And then the other receiver that I really like is, is Julian Edelman, just because of the volume he's getting. But, um, you know, to me, this just smells like one of those weeks where the Patriots come out and they get someone like Cordero Patterson involved and, and he gets, you know, gets in the box somehow this week. So I like taking a shot on one of these cheaper wide receiver options this week. And, you know, to, to the Tyreek Hill thing, I really like Sammy Watkins. Watch Kelvin Benjamin score. That would suck. <laughs> that, that That's one of those crazy ones. And, look, t- take a shot on that with your third receiver this week. I, I really think that that's, that's going to be the key this week. And, hey, it's uh, it's really the last DFS slate for NFL uh, this year. I mean, I know we'll, we'll have something for the Super Bowl, but that's, that's basically a lottery ticket. So, yeah, get a little crazy with one of these spots. And, and at receiver, when you're talking the third one, you, you don't need him to, to have a 100-yard game. You just really need him to have that one big catch. Right. You know, maybe Demarcus Robinson. So, yeah, I think you kind of have to be a little bit different, cause especially if you're playing in a large field tournament, that's for sure. Uh, how about the Rams receivers up top, Woods and Cooks? Woods 5,700, Cooks 53. Well, we know Brandon Cooks, former Saint, all that. He had a really good game last time. I've always liked Cooks on – on uh, turf, especially down there in the Superdome. So I lean Cooks quite a bit over Woods. Um, I don't, you know, the Saints in the prior matchup, they moved around the uh, cornerbacks as far as Lattimore, who he covered. So I think that you'll see different matchups than that. So don't overthink it too much. Both should be in play. Um, you know, when you, I look at, you know, golf and kind of his yardage prop, I, I don't love his number necessarily, but I think both of these guys could get over 100 yards themselves, and I think that they will do the majority of the damage this week for uh, for the Rams. But if you want to pick one of them, it's got to be Brandon Cooks. About Ted Ginn, uh, we did see him get the targets early last week. He had seven, was three for 44. Uh, 
I think uh, I know I was on Ginn last week, and I thought he would score, and didn't happen. But what about Ginn this week? I think he's going to destroy Marcus Peters if Peters is on him. Um, there's been a little bit of trash talking going on between Peters and Sean Payton, yeah. actually. And, and look, we saw Michael Thomas, who does not have Ted Yin's speed, blow by Peters in the first matchup. I think that this is, you know, if you if you had to pick a prop on Saints' first touchdown, to me it's either Ted Yin or Traquan Smith. And the boost that Traquan gets is it doesn't look like Keith Kirkwood, who has kind of taken some of his snaps, is going to play this week. He sat out again today. He limped off the field in the first matchup. So I like both of the Saints' value receivers, um, especially on prop bets, to, to score the first touchdown. But one of them, they're going to take a shot uh, on Peters. And I know Breeze under through the first one. He, he double-clutched it. But don't be surprised if they go back to the Taysom Hill uh, throwing the ball well again and, and have him throw a deep one up to either one of these speed guys. So you're starting him at quarterback for 5K, Taysom Hill? Uh, on the showdown slate, I will have some Taysom Hill, but not on me. No, you can't okay. He just doesn't get, en- he doesn't, he doesn't get enough usage. But, Adam, you know how desperately I want to use Taysom Hill at, like, receiver or tight end or something. Like, come on, DraftKings, give us a super flex or something that I can, I could put him in there. But, no, I, w- I would not play him on your main DFS lineup. Talking to Steve Renner, you could find him at scoutdfs.com at tight end. You got to think Travis Kelsey's going to be really popular when you look at the tight ends on this slate. He's the most expensive at 7,100. Is this a spot you just say, you know what, don't get cute. I don't care if everyone has him. He's clearly the best option. I'm going to get cute here, and you're going to oh, go crazy. Let's see. Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns. <laughs> Well, it would be fitting if he did this week. And here's the thing, though. On this slate, if you don't want to go with Kelsey because you know his ownership, do you, don't you don't you have to go to Gronk? I mean, who's going to – I guess Ben Watson, uh, Everett. Yeah. Hick, that's the problem. So I think yep. in a lot of weeks you might have got him at lower ownership, but because there's only four games, like isn't he going to garner some – like he did last week, which he, I was surprised. He, he will, and, and it really pisses me off because I, I thought the exact same thing. I looked at it, and I said, shoot, he, he's 4,100, and people that will take the risk away from Kelsey. So let's say you, you get Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas, and you get the, you're not going to be able to get Kelsey in as well. Uh, Kelsey is the number one, but the Chiefs were the were, – they gave up the, the fourth most fantasy points, I think, this season, in the regular season, and the most yards, I want to say, to, to tight end. At least they were, they were pushing at the top at the end of the year. And we consistently targeted them with that. And it just, it just smells like the perfect spot where Gronk – he had one target last week total. He was used primarily as a run blocker as they pounded the ball there. And I just – it would be total – it would be the Patriot way – for Gronk to just come out this week and have a, a huge game. And, I, yeah, I'm with you. He, he'll probably still come in around 20%, which for a, a short slate like this is very low. Um, I think you'll see some Ben Watson, some maybe even Josh Hill, who I wouldn't touch this week, even though I've been the Josh Hill guy forever. But um, it, I love Gronk, and I, I am certainly open to, like, I'll probably do three lineups this week total. I'll do one that has both Kelsey and Gronk, but I'm going to lock button Gronk in on all three of them. Well, yeah, based on the matchup, obviously it's great. He did have his third highest yardage total against Kansas City this year with 97 yards. 
Uh, when you look at the game logs, it's just terrible. I mean, it's amazing to see yeah. the points that Gronk has put up over the last several weeks. I mean, it's so bad. I mean, he hasn't hit double-digit points in fantasy since week 14. I know, which I think was against Miami, who he always tears up. But, uh, yeah, just a, a feeling. I think that Gronk is he's going to be rested for this one, and he's going he's gonna to shine. So that, that's the sleeper guy for me this week. Uh, defense, they're all priced pretty similar. Uh, who are the one to two you like the most? Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, you, you could look at the Chiefs at home, and, and maybe they get a special team score. That's that's hard to take a shot on. The Saints have generated turnovers, so I like that. The Rams probably had the best sack upside, but you know the Saints don't take a lot of sacks. So I'll be honest, on defense this week, there isn't one that I hate, and but there's not one that I love. I will I'll probably be a little bit of a homer and, and go with the Saints. But if you want the lowest owned one, it's likely the, the Patriots. Um, so if, you, if you're looking for a little bit of a leverage play to, to kind of be shocking, um, I would look at New England. But, you know, don't be afraid to even use, you know, don't be afraid to use defense against skill players. It's only two games. You're going to have to do that a little bit this week. So um, I'd be lying if I said that there was one that really stood out above the other. So. Yeah, it doesn't seem feel that way either. Uh, let's look at some player props uh, for this week and get your thoughts on them. Uh, these are courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Pat Mahomes is over-under for passing yards. is 322.5. I mean, I feel like that's got to be an under. And if you're like me and you think that the Patriots will be able to sustain long drives and chew up the clock, um, then I think you got to go under on Mahomes. But it, it's hard to bet against them. Um, to me, I would look more if you found like a Mahomes rushing prop, I would lean there. But I'm going to lean under on that one. Uh, Tom Brady, his over-under for passing yards is 291.5. Over. Hesitant on that one, but over. Just because I, I think even though they're going to chew up the clock, uh, I think he does it with a short passing game. And that's all Brady does. He throws two-yard passes to everyone. So uh, he'll still be able to get the yardage uh, through the air. But I'll take a shot on Brady this week getting over that one. But it's close. Sony Michelle rushing yards, 81.5. Over. Damian Williams rushing yards, 61.5. This was lower last week in an easy win. Yeah, uh, I'm going under this week. I think that they're, they're baiting you on this one. And like I said before, I don't, I don't think he has a big game. Rob Gronkowski, 48 and a half receiving yards. I know you're probably taking the over here, right? Or do you think these are I, I, two, yeah. two one-yard touchdowns? Well, I do think that they're short touchdowns. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously i got to go over on this one if, if I'm on them heavily this weekend. And like I said, the matchup is really good for the yards there. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go over on Gronk. Uh, James White receiving yards, 53 and a half. Over. Uh, I, I think, like I said, he's the number two wide receiver, and I think the Chiefs will, will try their best to, to take away Edelman. Uh, I'll go over on White. Uh, Julian Edelman receiving yards, 82 and a half. Yeah, so obviously I, I would go under on this one, and, and this comes into, look, if, if you're trying to, to bet the field on a game, you've got to be smart about where you pick and choose, and because I'm heavy on Gronk and, and James White, um, Edelman to me will be an under. Tyree Kill receiving yards, 87 and a half. For your sanity, I would bet the over just because Tyree Kill, if you bet the under. Yeah, he, he gets 60 one of, on the first play. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So for, for entertainment purposes, I'm going to definitely say go over on Tyree Kill because, just because you want that excitement of, of him busting a 70-yarder. So. 
Travis Kelsey yards, 91 and a half. Under. I think he's the guy that the, uh, that the Patriots bill check with the narrative will, will try to take away this week. So I'm going to go under on Kelsey. Yeah, that's the big question. It's like, who is Belichick going to try and take away? So uh, if it's Kelsey, then uh, that probably could burn a lot of people because he'll be a popular play. Uh, let's take a look at some Saints and Rams. Drew Brees, passing yards, 303 and a half. Over. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Goff, 288 and a half. Yeah, I you know if if I'm just playing the game straight, I, I think it's under because they got to get girly the yards. But uh, it, it's a tough one, you know. Look, if you want to go breeze over, I think you would go golf over as well. But um, that one, that one, to be honest with you, of all these here, that one's the one I struggled with the most because I I could see Cooks and Woods each getting a hundred, and it's not going to take much to get over it. So uh, slight lean on the over. Todd Gurley, sixty-five and a half rushing yards. If it's under, the Saints win in a blowout. So I'll say Gurley over. And C.J. Anderson, 57 and a half. Like, how, I can't believe how close he is to under. Gurley. Yeah. Under, under, right? That, that's shocking. That, that feels like a, an easy one, which maybe it's a little bit of a trap. But under, as the Saints rush defense is really good. And, yeah, um, yeah you, you want to look. I know they're fast at the linebacker level to the outside. So maybe they – but you, you really can't run up the middle on them either. So I – I see no chance. Uh, I would love them to try to give C.J. Anderson 57 yards, but no chance. I would have said that, too, as a Cowboys fan until last week, and I said, oh, boy, uh, maybe, maybe they shouldn't give them any. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 64 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to lean. I'm going to go under on his rushing yards, but definitely will go over on his receiving yards. I think he has a huge game receiving, uh, and 64 rush yards is, is tough because of Ingram. Yeah, no, receiving for Kamara is 37 and a half. Uh, Ingram, 39 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, this is tight one, too. I, I'll go over. Uh, if you're looking game logs, Ingram got hurt in the first matchup when he fumbled. He, he took a shot right on the elbow, missed uh, probably half the game. So don't read too much into that. But at home, Ingram should be able to get 40 yards. Michael Thomas at 98 and a half receiving yards. I mean, this is, this is a lot like Tyreek Hill, right? If you fade it, you're – you're holding your breath the whole game. So uh, if Breeze is going over 300, then Thomas is getting at least a buck 20. Brandon Cook, 69 and a half receiving yards. Over. Woods, 74 and a half. Over on him as well. And I think you have to do both over if you go golf over. And Ginn, 53 and a half receiving yards. I would lean. I would lean over, but I'll tell you that my gut feeling coming out of the game last week was Traquan Smith is going to have a big game this week. So um, I would go. I would find the prop on Traquan instead. All right. Good luck. Have fun this weekend, man. All right. Thanks, Adam. We'll talk to you next week. All right. That is Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. You can find me ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll be back tomorrow with Doctor Roto, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.